0: Our uh, message tonight uh, has to do with a very uh, familiar uh, circumstance as it relates to humanity. It's a different kind of mindset. It's found in Matthew 20, starting in verse number 20. And uh, let me say, as you're possibly turning to that or getting it on your phone or whatever apparatus that you intend to use, uh, I want to say thanks again for sharing and the wonderful offering that we received from you. And then so many of our staff, including ourselves, got so many goodies and cookies and pies and stuff. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is, you know. And I wasn't really concerned about what it was. I was concerned about what's it tastes like. And I, I just, you know, nibbled here and nibbled there and nibbled here and nibbled there. And here in Yon, and it was all good. So I want to say thank you for that. Uh, there are t- uh, two critical areas that guide a person along the journey of life. Two areas. Think about it now and stay with me. One is the heart. We're guided by our heart, what we feel. Boy, that moved me. That was a heart thing. You look at someone and you think, boy, she stole my what? My heart. She looks at him and said, he stole my heart. Come on, y'all. The other area is, uh, is the head. Uh, the head, it's what you think. You size up a situation and you're guided by, that doesn't make any sense to me. So since it doesn't make any sense to me, I'm not doing it. But I want you to pause for a moment because, and I'll make this broad statement. Very seldom is there anything that God does that's going to make sense to you. Very seldom. Because he thinks differently and we know that. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 verse number 7, if you're going to sit with a ruler, he gives several verses there. He said, for he is the kind of man who is always thinking about the cost thinking about the cost. And so we know that the mind is always saying, well, what does that cost? What is that going to cost me? How much are you going to take from me? What am I willing to give? And we know that that's true even in relationships. In order for my relationship, my marriage to be happy, what's it going to cost me? How much of me am I going to give up? How many times am I going to back up and keep my opinion to myself in order to maintain harmony, what's it going to cost me to have peace? What's it going to cost me to have that relationship? And as frail often, get this now, I wouldn't be talking about any of you or anyone online watching, but as frail and self-centered beings, and there are some, it's hard to comprehend the truths of God's Word. If God, Am I self-centered? You'd say initially, oh, no, until you maybe took the exam. And I've come to one simple conclusion, and it is this. If I'm thinking one way, God's always thinking in another. And our world is not right side up. Our world is upside down. You agree with that? So let's take a look at some of the principles that Jesus started with. He's telling his audience there are thousands there. And he said, I'm about to change your Jewish little minds. All you Hebrews out there, listen up. I'm going to confront you. I'm going to just say, here is something that is so different from how you were taught. One, Matthew 5, when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. And those those who were apprenticed to him... The committed climbed with him, arriving at a quiet place. He sat down and he taught his climbing companions, and this is what he said. You are blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You are blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You are blessed when you're content with just who you are, not or no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can be brought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom not only that count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit you what it means is that truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable you can be glad when that happens give a cheer even for though they don't like it. He says, I do. You tell me that is so contrary to how the average human nature thinks. So contrary. Jesus sets it up and he said, these are the Beatitudes. This is the guideline I want you to function by. This is where it is at, so pay attention to that and focus your attention on living that way. And I I have to ask anyone that might be listening, how are we doing with that? How are we doing in our relationship? How are we doing with that in our daily walk with God? Those are godly principles that all go against the human nature. And our text reveals something that really makes this crystal clear to us in the text that we're using tonight in Matthew 20, verse 21. And we know what is my position is the point here. It says, what is it that you want? He asked, she said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. We know the disciples are there and we know that, that Jesus is there. We know that they've already asked the question just a few chapters before this, this was the question, who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to be greatest in the kingdom? And you may remember backing up a little bit. He said, Hey, Hey, he that's willing to just give his life and be the servant of all. There are no greats in the kingdom of God. So they had asked that question. It was jealousy street. Well, listen, I can tell you that James and John's mama must have found out about it. She said, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask him for myself. And she did. You know that she knelt down. She asked for favor. Her posture was perfect. And Jesus asked, what do you desire? What do you desire? And she replied, what position will my sons have in your kingdom? Well, She said, I prefer that one's on the right and one is on the left. Now, what's so out of the ordinary for that? Every mother, every mother says, I want the best for my sons. You only got 12 hanging out with you here, Jesus. Two of them are mine, so they're good stock. I've raised them. I I want to be certain that, that they have a place. Now, in her mindset, she's thinking totally different from what Jesus had been teaching and talk about. Compare her request to the Beatitudes and you'll find she was way out in left field. You looked at the magnitude of Jesus' question. Here it is. What do you want? Do you think at that moment Jesus meant, what do you want? I believe he meant, what do you want? Now he knew because he's God what she was going to request. But imagine that the son of God, the great teacher stands before you and says to you, Hey, what do you want? Benjamin Michael Young, my grandson, God says to you, what do you want? Wow. You know what most of us would think? We would think in terms that would bring an advantage to us in often in the natural. What do you want? Boy, well, if I get to choose anything, and many have have chosen something other than God and a spiritual experience, and they do that every single day. This is the Son of God asking the question, well, worldly thinking, that is my kind of thinking often, or your kind of thinking, would, uh, okay, uh, position. I think I'd like position, or I'd like power, I'd like, you know, pleasure, you know. I like an annual pass to Disney. That's not pleasurable for me at all. Not at all. I'd like to go on an Alaskan cruise for seven to ten days. That would be, God, that would be my pleasure. I'd like to get on the Alaskan Railway and just ride it. I'd like to go to Hawaii. -er. or hawaii i'd like to go there i mean he's already been may i see your hand it's wonderful but here's one you can fulfill israel we're going in less about 90 days i'm here to tell you we're going to have a great pleasures what is what would you say i'd like for i'd like my rheumatism and my authoritism all to leave my body that's what I'd like. I'd like to be healed, influenced. By the way, I got a text from uh, Gary Brown today. He said, Myrna went in for test result and had a, a a test, I think a CAT scan. They said to her this morning, hey, something is happening and the thing did not grow. And we believe, hey, a great, great report. They are rejoicing today for the first time in several years. Look what the Lord has done. Uh, I'd like security. i like financial security. I'd like health i like here it is and and some you know you don't have to worry about this you know but some want good looks how many of you ladies know someone that that would be your prayer for them may i see your hand good looks but here's what now now catch us closely paul writes in 2 timothy 3 1 through 5 don't be naive There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous appearance, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanders, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust and and allergic to God they'll make a show of religion but behind the scenes their animals stay clear of these people now they're already alive that's already happening today that is so different from what Jesus taught in the Beatitudes all of those that we read about in 2 Timothy is of carnal nature not of a spirit led not spirit anointed. It's a carnal nature. Our, our question to the, what is it that you want should be as dramatically different as daylight is from dark. When you ask a spirit being that's anointed filled with the spirit and God would say, what is it you want? Or if he were to ask a cynical person that is an unbelieving individual. What is it that you want? Those answers ought to be eons apart, not even close. You say, well, now that you're talking about it, here's what often happens. Unless we preach messages and bring to our attention to read scriptures like this, here's what often happens in, in the world in which we love Christianity. It just kind of does this. It blends together. Occasionally it peeks its head out, maybe the left or the right. But far too often, far too many professing Christians have the same face as an individual that doesn't even profess Jesus as Lord. You get in line waiting on your prescription or waiting on your server, waiting on your behavior ought to be dramatically different. We understand that. You see, but it's true. Unfortunately, this lesson tonight and this message says, the answer is that usually found in five areas. And I want to give it to you, number one, by what we do instead of what we say. What's your answer to the question, what do you want? Well, it's by uh, what we do instead of what we say. It's, uh, it's determined by what we possess. You know, It's determined by how we spend our time. It's determined by the spiritual fruit that we can count. I mean real spiritual fruit that we have and by our faithfulness to, to the spiritual agenda. And that's important. You see, the questions are, how in the past did you answer the question? And how in the present have you answered it? And how in the future do you achieve it? See, if your life is about totally making money, nothing wrong with making a bunch of money, but not at the expense of every other priority in your life. Somebody say amen. Not expense of church, not expense of service, not expense of family and relationships. Well, here's here's another, what is my perception. Matthew 20:22. 20, you don't know what you're asking. Anybody ever told you that? You don't know what you're asking, or you don't know what you're saying. Jesus said to them, "Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink?" But when his mother asked for the position, Jesus said just that. Hey, you don't don't have any idea what you're saying. You don't know what you're asking for. Now, she's already down on her knees. She's already bowed down. And now she hears him say, listen, lady, mama, you don't have any idea what you're doing. Now, you got to know that rubbed her wrong. Because it would take a pretty strong-willed woman to get up, I'll use the term gumption, to go to Jesus to begin with fighting for her two boys. you all with me? Sure. Her boys couldn't be men because mama won't let them. She's got to go for them. She said, I want to know this. He knew that her perception was what it meant to be associated with What it meant to be associated with Jesus was incorrect. The thinking of this group was, hey, she's thinking the same thing. Now, when they said early on in Jesus' life and his teaching, who's going to be greatest among the kingdom? Who is going to be greatest? Jesus, tell us. Just tell us here and now. They still thought that he's going to be the king, defend Roman empire, rise in great power, and he's going to have all kinds of positions available for everybody. That's what she thought. And all of that thinking was contrary to what Jesus had been teaching. Listen, friend, when the church in general catches hold of this process of thinking, it will change the local ministry in the church. It will It will change the ministry of the local church. Matthew 16, 21, for for that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Their, Their perception was upon that earthly kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. Jesus is trying to cause their attention to lean toward spiritual things. Think about it. When I say I'm going to be raised on the third day, boys, that's not a physical kingdom. Think about that. You see, earthly kingdoms plan for the moment. Gratification here and now and not necessarily for the future. Earthly kingdoms seek the temporal and not the eternal God, I'm willing to give this up. I'll sacrifice that because I know when I get to heaven, I'm going to be rewarded. So God, whatever it is I have that you want, you go ahead and tell me what it is you want and I'll give it up. That's that's giving for the eternal kingdom. We seek the physical before the spiritual, often earthly kingdoms do. It's about me, myself, and I. We seek position before submission and we seek power before the principle Jesus asked James and John, are you willing to drink the cup before me? They said, yes, sir. We are ready. They're thinking we're about to get some here somewhere now. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. Cause he's about, he's about to tell us what we're going to do. One on the right and one on the left. You want to drink the cup boys? Yes, sir. Read Jesus. But boy, howdy. You and I know when we look at the scripture, Jesus, men, are you willing to suffer and die and be humanly gutted for your faith in me? Are you willing to say once and once for all, I'm all in? Are you willing to say, hey, take my hands, take my feet, nail them, plunge me with a spear, yeah, I'm willing to suffer. Serving God is a wonderful, life-changing privilege. And let me say this. I want to pause here. That event that our youth is having at, uh, I think it's 160 bucks and young people to go to that. Here's what I know. If you have a grandson or a granddaughter or, or a child, in those events, away from the fray of the ordinary, We have more of those kids who lock down on their dedication to Jesus Christ, get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and get called into ministry and those events than any other thing we do. That's just true. So think about that as a supernatural event. We must be careful to remember that that we may live in this world, but our hearts and our heads should be what? Transformed spiritually because of our relationship. Romans 8, verse 31, the message version. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly or freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even point a finger? The one who dies for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for me. Peter said, I declare the proper perception. 1 Peter 4, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed and if you are insulted because of the names of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Our goal is to see through the eyes of Jesus. So God says, what do you want? I want, I want to be so full of your spirit and your person that my behavior, my behavior horizontally reflects who I am vertically in you. That's what I want. I want to be able to answer the question correctly. I want to be able to answer the question carefully. Finally, what are my qualifications? If my perception sometimes is worldly and not saintly, What are my qualifications? And whoever wants to be first must be what? Your slave. Whoever wants to have the heart for God more must be your slave. Try that out in marriage. It will cause the fussing and the disagreements to stop. Because the spirit of a slave will always acquiesce to the good of the whole. Write that down. Here we go. Qualifications for first place winners and greatness is be the servant. We're all slaves. We're all slaves to someone Or something often the number one person that we are a slave to is ourselves our own will our own way slaves to me and jesus is saying to those boys that's that's not anywhere near kingdom thinking Mother Teresa was a good example that gave up everything that she had. Favor would come her way, and she always shifted it toward the Lord. Edith Hicks, who sang in our choir. I was back there the other morning, Sunday morning. a choir was up here singing, she was back over there somewhere. Everybody else was seated, but old Sister Hicks rolled in here in a wheelchair on an oxygen tube was standing straight up singing the words of the song. Though she couldn't manage to be up here, she thought, I'm still a member of the choir. So I'm going to stand back there. Let me tell you something, friend. The day is coming when the church is going to have to muscle up. I mean muscle up because... If you think I preached several Sundays ago, between the 400 years of Malachi and and Matthew, that because nothing was happening as of the way as it relates to a prophet, and no book came out of that, but Jesus was though he was silent, he was still present and busy. If you think the devil, my friend, is not working overtime right here and right now, I'm telling you he is. We need to reinvent. We're going to have fasting and prayer. I think starting on the 7th of January, we're going to ramp it up and say, God, we, we're going to need your help, and we're going to attack some strongholds of people in their lives and family members that are lost, and we're going to believe that God will shake loose those things that the enemy seems to have can't captured. Can you say amen? Amen. Jesus said it. I come not to be served, but to what? To serve. I came not to be served. I told a couple the other day I was counseling with, you know what? If you get up every morning and turn to your spouse and say, hey, whatever it is that you want, tell me, I, I, I I want to do everything that I can today to serve you. And the other one says, oh no, darling, I want you to know, you said it before I did, but I'm going to do everything that I can to serve you today. Uh, You think that couple might be happy? Hello? One amen? Just one? I'm going to do everything. Yeah, I'm going to serve you all right. I'm going to serve you up on a barbecue spit. Put you over the fire. That's how I'm going to serve you. Hello? It's who we are. It's not not relationship. And God helping us, I came not to be served but to serve. And the true gift of Christianity is that true spirit of love and to be the servant is only the qualification of a willing heart. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord. Psalms 40, verse 8, I desire to do your will, O my God, your law is within my heart. That law is spirit. Your spirit. I desire to do your will. It's in my heart. And listen, listen, don't fool yourself and think that you've got this perception of a relationship that's big time servant on a vertical scale. If it's not manifested on a horizontal scale, you don't have it vertically. You are just kidding yourself, fooling yourself, and lying to yourself. It's lived out this way. How many has ever wanted to tell somebody something but you kept your peace? May I see your hand? That's being a servant. How many felt better when you went out in out the backyard and said it, though they weren't there, it's just you and God? This thing of servant, the lady had it wrong. She had the right. All right, here it is. For who is greater, the one who is at the table... Or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. Next time you go out to eat. Just remember that girl or guy that's serving you. They're greater. Well I got the money and I'm paying. Do you know how quickly God could cut your financial line off? Hello? Hello? You know how quickly he can do that and say, uh-uh, no more. You're too selfish. You're too stingy. you you just not paying any attention. I've given you favor and favor, and now you think you're a big boy and a big shot. May God help us to realize that when we serve in the kingdom of God in any area, we commit with all of our hearts, we're consistent, we're sacrificial, we're full of joy in the task, and we're willing to go the extra mile. So we know we send out, hey, help us undecorate. You know who won't come? A person who doesn't think we take, should take the decorations down now. I ain't going. I think you ought to leave them up another week. May I tell you something? Do you know how warped we would be if we put out a poll? When do you think we ought to take the decorations down? Hello? We'd have two thousand three hundred sixty-five different answers. So, in everything in Titus 2.7, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity and seriousness. In Hebrews 10.24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We do it. We tell one another, being a servant, We'll achieve every goal God has for you and me in this life as we accomplish God's agenda. God, I want to be a servant. Well, get started. Starts with young people. It starts with young people. Be obedient to moms and dads. Let me say this to mom and dad. You're supposed to be training those young people, starting early to show respect to understand what it means to serve, understand what it means to have humility, and sometimes that means some straight-up talks. Amen? If you let your kid as a kid grow up and talk back to you and speak back to you, you ain't doing anything but creating a corrupt child. Where'd that come from? Right out of this book. Stand up, everybody. Here we go. A selfish culture ask for position the believer asks for the privilege to serve a selfish perception asks what's in it for me the believer gives all the credit to god selfish qualification is found in achievements the believer gives the believer just wants to be a slave to hear the master say well done god's view or a selfish culture it's this, he said, it really is a matter of the heart. So, Father, we thank you this evening for, for your word, and we thank you for your blessing. As we journey toward now out of the Christmas season, why, we were just all little givers the last couple days. We gave gifts to people, some of them that we didn't even like. We filled out cards. We filled out cards and put things in them that it was hard for us to say for a lot of people. But Lord, when our hearts are of a servant heart and our heart is right with you, it makes marriage better. It makes relationships better. It makes the church better. It makes the individual believer better. God, our worship is not found in a song, it's found in a relationship of doing what it is that you've called us to do. We read the Beatitudes. We thank you for that privilege. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just in case there are those listening online, your heart's not right with God. And somebody may be here. Your heart's not right with Jesus. We're going to get this prayer. Going to get this prayer done. Would you repeat it after me, dear Jesus? I am sorry. I, am sorry. I, need forgiveness. I need forgiveness. I have failed. I have, failed. I have been stubborn. Have been stubborn. I've, been full of pride. I've been full of pride. And I need a touch, need a touch from, you from you that will change my life. Change my so, life. Here's my so here's my heart. Use it as you choose. As you choose. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer, we're going to sing this song one time. If you need prayer in your body tim prayed earlier i know that you feel like i just need to go down front or you know if someone in your uh, family that just needs a touch from god just a touch from god you just come down and let's stand here and then we'll give the benediction in a moment here we go Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. The message is a bit sobering because it hits home in our heart. And since none of us are perfect, we need to hear the truth. And we need to leave here tonight in our cars or however we got here. We need to go home and when we have our prayer moment tonight, we need to ask the question, God, what is it that you want of me? What is it about me do you desire to change? And God, I want to be defenseless. Just tell me what it is. I don't want to defend me, defend my attitude, defend my action. I just want to know what it is. Tell me. And God, I'm asking you, speak to every heart. And we'll give you the honor. We'll praise you now as we move in to a new season, Father. Help us by the power of your Spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Love you, everybody. God bless you as you continue to worship.